0: everybody welcome to red wings rant where tirades and impassioned please for your detroit red wings finally have a home we've been gone for a week and the sweetheart himself he's back uh we we told you guys a week ago that uh, you want to show up so we can get your questions uh for mr max boltman of course from the athletic he gives us all of our uh wonderful news through twitter just constant uh, updates and of course I, I i said that and i just previewed like before we started i was like all right guys you guys are all gonna be on the screen and then, of course what did i do screwed that up but anyway there's max there's that beautiful mug uh max welcome to red wings rant on a, a, i thought a week ago i was actually thinking to myself thank god we can get that week behind us We'll have an opportunity to to land a couple of, you know, maybe not easy wins, but just get some other games in front of us, so I can have some positive thoughts to discuss with uh, with Mr. Boltman. And um, well, I don't know. I guess uh, we sent you some notes, so you kind of you might be able to feel it's it's not anger. It's certainly not like any deep rooted concern with the Iser plan. And all of our listeners are probably aware of um usually the take that we hold on to near and dear to our hearts uh max is is just you got to be patient and uh we always loved trying to compete uh with steve eiserman's notation from uh earlier or i should say late in the spring where he said he's the most patient guy in the world well no damn you steve because we we consider ourselves the most patient fans in the world (laughs) but still it's uh it's been rough a lot of uh Damn, a lot, a lot of heavy losses to where we kind of thought we were past that. And um, I don't know, we'll so, just we'll yeah, jump Max, in uh, here. Uh, yeah, yeah, Max, are these like. the
1: end times, or uh, should we be a little more pragmatic here?
2: <laughs> well, it's funny, you, you talked about kind of, what, what is that feeling? You're not mad, whatever. What I think it is, is that's that's the feeling of reality setting in, right? And, and you said it just yeah. then, thought you were past it, right? And, and I'm sure that that's, uh, I'm sure you're not the only ones feeling that way, right? I think uh, if I look at my Twitter mentions, it's been... <laughs> It's been interesting I've talked about it with a couple of friends like I think everyone I don't think there was that many people thinking this was a playoff team before the year and I think everyone kind of understood that but yeah. then you live it day to day and you remember the frustrations and and a couple of the losses recently specifically the home loss in New Jersey and and then this most recent road loss at Buffalo have been just of the variety that's like oh it's not even like this that's you, you can't even call that just a regular loss right I mean the the Buffalo one especially I think spiraled. Out of control. So um, that I'm sure is the feeling of, uh, of familiar losses that that you hoped to be behind you, right? And uh, right, I got news. It's not going to be the last one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and like we try to come at it right. Like you want to be pragmatic. You want to tell tell yourself like, okay, Verona not in the lineup. Right. Tyler Bertuzzi injured. Uh, how are you going to build up like good line chemistry from top to bottom when you have guys that are maybe moving outside of the role that LaLone had planned for the team mm-hmm. and of course there's going to be issues you just kind of hoped it wasn't going to be issues of <laughs> five you know five goal deficits uh, I I guess yeah I, to Mike's point like you know uh a little tongue-in-cheek in there you know the doom right. and gloom we kind of lean into the uh to exaggerate here because of course we're, we're almost like playing like role playing is like the uh the twitter uh individual who who does get a little too upset at some of these games but it was something where i i've heard some people say like ah it's it's boston right and again you know like buffalo has had a great start new jersey having a great and an amazing start even when you look at the the five on five analytics those teams are having great starts, but that doesn't mean that you get trounced. That doesn't mean that you <laughs> you hand over your lunch money and get hung up on the on the chain link fence fence during recess. So that's that's kind of I don't know. I, I, like you said, it, it might not be too far past us what we saw in like late spring, but yeah, I, I
1: think
2: it's growing pains is is ultimately the thing. Yeah. It, it was never going to be overnight. This team goes from what it was a year ago to this you know, 99 point team that, you know, when they lose, it's really close and they never have, you know, it, it's going to be a pro I think, I, I think, you know, I, I said, I got news. It's not gonna be the last one. It's not going to be even close to the last one, but yeah. I, I, that being said, I don't think it's the same team as last year. I just think these steps are maybe a little more gradual than it's tempting to believe sometimes, especially when you're in the thick of it. Right. And Red Wings fans have been so patient. I give them so much credit. Like, you know, you guys talked about, you know, you're the most patient people in the world and Red Wings fans. Like I, I say this on the radio all the time. Whenever people ask me, because whenever I do a hit, the host always says like, how is the fan base like handling this? You know, it's been so long. And, and, and I say like, honestly, like shockingly well. And, and I think a lot of yeah. that is because of the trust Red Wings fans have in Steve Eiserman. But I, other than that, I think it's just a smart fan base that does understand, you know, that it it's not going to be gradual, but that being said, in the moment, it's really hard to, to be oh, yeah. kind of disciplined to that belief. Right <laughs> yeah, now. I think everyone's not, feeling that right now.
1: Yeah, not not quite uh, like Detroit Lion fan patient, but man, Ooh. you're really catching up to me. <laughs> um, and and
2: hopefully, it never is, never needs to be, right? I, don't think, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, I hope you no. Know, look, I'm a Lions fan. I hope no other fan base has to feel what yeah, that other humans should right. not be
1: tortured like this. This is, yeah. No, it's like I, biblical slavery. It's like that bad. No. We have,
2: it's
0: brutal. we have a couple comments in the chat and this is, uh, I do want to make sure we hit some comments, even though we had, uh, some stuff set up because, uh, I, I do think this is kind of a rare opportunity. Cause I know Max, you get, uh, you get opportunities to join all the Red Wings, uh, podcasts, but we're one of the few that tries to run every episode live. So I wanted to tell everybody, Hey, you know, let us know what you're thinking. Um, I'm not, like, can you I know. also
2: just say you, you yeah. guys, I've forgotten how high your production value is on that intro. Like that is an impressive oh, thank you. reel to start things
0: off. I really like it. I, uh, I've been mad at myself cause it's still got, uh, there's a lot of players in there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah Blash is still in there. We got to get Derek in there. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be a face to at least, you know, like let's, let's wake everybody up. Right. I mean, right, I love right. Derek, but, uh, you know, he calls out himself. That's a, uh, that's a face to wake up to in the yeah. morning. Um, that's too mean. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, well, I do comments. have some, yeah. yeah, I do have some callouts here. Um, first of all, uh, just guys, I know normally we run through like almost every comment here. Just want to say what's up to Chewy, who's aboard. Jared, who's aboard. Uh, Jim Johnson, who's aboard. Um, I I wanted to I wanted to throw out because there's a couple people that are mentioning, and I'm just seeing this. Jim, you're the, you're the first comment I'm seeing that uh, that mentioned cider and raymond um and jim throws out there i was hoping cider raymond zadina and cop would would have better starts and that's clear you know what jim is a very good listener a very good red wings fan because he does just so you know comes at us with uh, very good opinions and he's always I, I i'm gonna overuse the word pragmatic so that's my second time somebody wants to take a shot now that i've said that but um i I like how Jim put this is just to say better starts because we have seen people overreacting already and labeling Mm -hmm. the start for cider and Raymond as I I would say this is way too early. But a sophomore slump. Uh, Max, any any thoughts on what you're seeing from Mo cider in regards to like what like a difference you're seeing from what Mm -hmm. we saw last year to this year? Because I I will say, in my opinion, what I see right now is is flashes the most cider from last year but I'm I'm actually noticing eyeball test wise like it's there's there's like choice to when the most cider from last year shows up and he's I don't want to use the word timid but it just seems like we had a guy who was so aggressive last year he's not necessarily timid but when you compare it to cider from last year it looks like um there's a lot processing in his brain and he's avoiding the aggressive decision and maybe that's, that's interesting getting smarter.
2: I, I have felt the exact opposite. I have felt yeah. like he's trying to do everything. Like uh, you go back <laughs> to the, the turnover on the goal the other night. Right. And yeah. it's some of these plays and it's not the first time it's happened where, you know, he, he's got the puck in his D zone and he either wants to break it out himself or make the perfect, you know, stretch pass on, on an exit. When I, I think to me, it looks like he's trying to be this like top 10 defenseman in the world that I think, I assume everyone on this podcast, uh, believes he can be, right? I Absolutely. certainly do. Absolutely. Uh, and it looks like he's trying to be it, you know, maybe every time out there to me. And, and I try not to cycle analyze players too much because it's impossible. Right. But that's just how I've felt watching a few of the, um, a few of the games so far this year is it looks like he's trying to do it all. And I think it's, it's caused some problems so far. And I, I think you could say a little bit of the same of Raymond, though. I think the last couple yeah. of games he's, he's really looked uh, to me more dangerous, more like himself. Cop. You know, it's tough. That one, you come off the core muscle surgery. He misses the whole preseason. Like you think about it, I, I think really only these last two or three games have, have I even really been thinking about him because it, the rest is just kind of getting up to where everybody else was, right? Up to speed. But, right, um, I, you know, I didn't mind his Minnesota game. I I thought that he played. I thought he was pretty impactful in that game um, just from where I sat. Um, I don't think anyone had a good game against Buffalo. So, you know, there's that, but um, I'd still give a little more time on, on those, you know, Zadina is the, the complicated one, the X factor. Cause I think like everyone, I I think you see this, these flashes from him where it looks like he should be, you know, on the score sheet and and he's just not, you know, yeah, you know, he's not on the score sheet and I don't know what to make of that. I mean, it's, I generally believe that if you're involved in the play as much as he, he has been at times, um, it's just going to happen for you. But I think I'm on year three is saying it, so I don't know how <laughs> wh- what that means, you know. And I, I don't—I'm right. not saying that to be me. Like I, I think a lot of Philip Zidane. I think he's a really hardworking guy. I think he's a really talented guy. I, every year, I feel like I pick him to break out because I just believe in him. But I also you know, no, I, I have to look at myself and say, like, you've been saying this for a while and it hasn't happened. And and maybe yeah. I just don't know what the I don't know what the answer is there. I think that's yeah. that's basically
1: uh, what I'm left with. Right. No, you know, it's yeah, funny, Max, is uh we're, we kind of been harping on using the word patient. And it's like since the start of this season, we've already seen like great starts from Piran and Huso and Kub, Kubi and Mata and Sunkvist, And it's like, yeah, but can we have every single player firing on all sl- cylinders like to start the season? Like,
2: <laughs> <Probably> know, <not. laughs> let,
1: yeah, right. Let, it's, you know, it, you know it's going to be ebbs and flows for everybody over the course. Um, and yeah, I, I think you're right on the money with
0: uh, basically that take
1: there. Um,
0: well, with your, yeah. with your point, Mike, I, I, I sent out uh, this message. I was listening to uh, Don Granado today. I th- think he was on, this must've been the Monday version of the athletic uh, podcast. Um, but he made reference, and I, I just, you know, I, I guess it's relevant because we just got destroyed by him. But um, <laughs> but I'm listening to really just his his takes on, uh, on coaching. And he was kind of talking about, like, when he looks at a guy who maybe hasn't fired on all cylinders from the start of the season. And uh, this is kind of where I wanted to carry the conversation. But um, he kind of labeled, like, the mid-season point and right we're nine games in we're we're, we're te- i think we're 10 percent of the way through the season i think a good marker is those 10 games for us to start to like kind of see trends not necessarily we make decisions but we see trends uh but max i wanted your thoughts don said 20 to 40 games in that's when we can start to make labels now that to don too was like uh from a coaching perspective he's like okay I'm not doing something right if I have a high skilled guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got to start moving lines around. Uh, but from the viewer perspective too, I think it's really important that a guy who's that deep in the system is is having that sort of thought process where it comes to uh, Raymond and cider uh, being in their second seasons. Uh, like you mentioned, Max, cop getting a late start compared to everybody else. Uh, but even with Sedina, I think there's still the mix up and we touched on it like lightly. It was the line chemistry. But um, I guess where I wanted to take it with you, Max, was that I know you're going to have certain points in the season where you're going to you want to take a look back when you're as a writer. When when do you think you are going to and maybe you'll tell us right now you have a 10 game. recap uh, article coming out.
2: It's interesting. Certainly as a writer, you have to, and I'm sure it frustrates the hell out of coaches and it's probably, it probably is unfair by us, but we have to do it more often than they do because we have a readership that wants to know that often. Right. And so for me, like, you know, I know teams divide up the, some teams divide up the season into five game segments with the idea that, you know, every five games, if you get six points, the end of the year, you're a 97 point team, you should be in the playoffs. Right. Um, that's just how the math works out. And, you know, the Red Wings have to win. No, they already can't be for this segment actually. Um, but they, they banked a couple points in the first segment. So they'll, they'll be on pace if they win on Thursday. Right. Um, that's one way of looking at things. I, if I, if you asked me like, honestly, how, when would I make the first kind of segmented look like that? Uh, it's probably us Thanksgiving. And then probably every month from there on, I would treat as like a, you know, its own entity but i i probably do write something every five to eight games that kind of is bigger picture looking at trends because i think you know i think a couple week sample is a it, it basically equates to a game in an NA, nfl season right and yeah people certainly make enough out of one nfl game right so <laughs> yeah uh i think kind of those five game two week stretches are digestible samples but but i i big picture it's probably u.s thanksgiving and then every month after that so christmas and late january late february which usually coincides with the trade deadline and beyond that you already know whatever you already know
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah. i think i mean i know there's that arbitrary kind of time um signature where you got to kind of you know reassess like you're saying every five was it five games six points something like that yeah Um,
2: six games uh, six points every five games that that should get you into the playoffs
1: Yeah, it's like, but for us, I know that we're already going to be like grading this whole team on a curve because of, you know, some of our top six guys who went down and it's almost like you want to start grading this team when that third defensive pairing kind of gets figured out a little bit since they've been kind (laughs) of having a tougher time. Right. Um, Do you, I don't know how, how in touch you, I know you've you know had to focus so much on the, the main level, but. Like, Edmondson, do you feel like we're going to be waiting a while for for him to come up or based on his third pairing so far?
2: I just don't think that they sent him down thinking, you know, oh, we'll call him up in three And, and yeah, I don't think he's a cure-all, but (laughs) at least, you know, I mean. I I think you'll see a lot of him this year, but not, like, 60 games, a lot of him, right? Like, I, I think he's off to a good start down there. I think I don't think he was that far off, but at the time they decided to send him down, I think you're looking at that as, like, a month to two months probably minimum right like he he's going right. to get his feel down there and if he's really really good at that point and they have a need they can call him up but Jake Wallman's going to come back in like a week and he's going to have a crack at at that mark peskel come back i think sometime in the new year we'll see how that works out i still think you're going to see him cuz i just think he's that good i think he's going to play his way up but yeah would it like floor me if you don't see him for more than you know, whatever it is, nine games. No, that wouldn't floor me. But I don't think they'll hold him down because of that. Uh, I just think w- once they decided to send him down, it tells you that they think he's got enough to work on down there, that it, it wasn't going to be like, a, and we'll call him up November
1: 3rd kind of thing. Right. right. No. Yeah. Because they probably want to see him like in all the you know special team scenarios.
0: 100%. Kind of thing.
2: They want him to have real um, minutes. They want him to have a role. Like he's on power play one down there, I believe. Um, and th- they value all that stuff for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said earlier today too. I'm going to call back to the, uh, the live that you did with, uh, Corey Pronman. Um, but you said, if it was going to be six points in six games was going to get him the call up, then he would have never gotten called right. down. Like it exactly. was like, <laughs> it was like a completely different way to look at it. Now. Um, I do want to, I, I wanted to give an opportunity too. I hope you guys have all gotten a chance cause uh, we called it out on our Twitter, but, um, the Olimata, um, I don't know. I, I was going to say the Olimata effect, but that's, we just talked about it. we don't we don't want to jump the gun and being too excited too early. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, this is, I think with all the signings, is it fair? Like this may have come under the radars, like one of the yeah. most um, probably one of the most important signings in the off season. Under the radar early, for sure. I mean,
2: it, it's a one year deal, right? So that limits how important it can be as we speak this moment. But like in terms of impact on the season, I think, I think he's been very impactful, and I think I think that goes back to what he does well being exactly what they needed to do better, right? Like he's a really good defender, which happens because he's good literally defending, but also because when he gets the puck, he's able to skate it out of trouble, he's able to pass it out of trouble, he's able to execute, you know – Coach wants this. He does. He does it. Coach wants this. He does it. And I, I um, talked about it in the story that I wrote the other day. Like a lot of his points early in the season, he had a great goal the other night in Buffalo. But a lot of his right. points were just making the right, very simple play in the neutral zone. And it, it's funny. Like there's um, certain websites that you can go to and just kind of watch a guy's points. And if you do that for Olimata, he's not in the highlight for like half of those <laughs> clips because the play <laughs> happened like six seconds ago. Yeah, neutral zone. But that doesn't diminish it to me because right. you're not always going to get those points, but he did something that led to offense. He made this like subtle chip pass in the neutral zone, or he just banked the puck, you know, to, to somebody, uh, behind his back on pressure. And then they skated in and set up a pass, right? Like these things are no less important in my opinion. It, it's just, it's, I think it's a really good way to think about what he does because they're not, they're not the highlight reel plays. <laughs> And yet they are leading to offense for the Red Wings. And more importantly for them, um, you look at that graphic you guys have up on the screen, like, you know, 83rd percentile, even strength defending. That was the thing, right? That's all Steve Eisenman wanted to talk about this offseason was has to get better defensively. And you you see early on 93rd percentile penalty killing. Like these are things that he's definitely helping with so far.
0: Yeah and from a I guess me defining like this being an important signing was goes along those lines of like this fits the role this fits like the identity that at least Steve Eisman spoke to now yeah. we look at an 83 game is the team fully <laughs> embracing that identity right. that we hoped for? Not necessarily, but it is. It is one of those things too, where like I absolutely need to call out some positives because uh, well, this is a, this is a downer right now. We're, uh, we're calling you sane, out a lot of right? negatives. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So there's got to be something happy to talk about. I mean, it, yeah. it's another one of those things too. Like um, I kind of I, I I might even want to come back to our last subject because I, I was wondering too, Max. Because we our our opinion is. We've totally rewritten the Red Wings definition of depth uh, because when, before the season started, we were so excited because we had so much trouble putting a lineup together. And we were like, oh, this is fantastic. This is so where, where am I going to fit in Bergen? Like, <laughs> and, and, and we thought a shoe in too was Edmondson.
2: Oh, were you guys among the people saying that they had to trade Pius suitor because of how deep they were? Oh, I—we
0: never made that claim. I got but a few we... of those
2: in my mentions that, that uh, <laughs> aged rather like milk in, in the first like five yep. days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I think it's worth mentioning to anybody that has that opinion. If you go ahead, uh, go to Evolving Hockey. Uh sort all of our players by expected goals four percentage. You'll find well, a similar that. name. But yeah. also just like I everybody on the injured list. Exactly.
2: He's not in the lineup. You gotta trade him. Well, he's gonna be in the lineup <laughs> because two people are gonna get hurt in the next week. I promise. Yeah, have you not seen this yeah. team the
1: past three years? We're right. usually healthy for game one. That's <laughs> that's, <laughs> about that's it. it. <laughs>
0: uh I did see a call out here. I might just uh I can't find the uh the comment, but I, I did think it was interesting. I wanted to get everybody's take. Uh, now, Mike and I have given our take on this. I did find it. This is from Jared. Jared's a, a good friend of the show. Um, I'm just going to say, Max, to to sort of lead our opinion. We might we might not be too far away from what Jared's saying here. But Zadina here's what Jared said for all the podcast listeners: Zadina has until the trade deadline to get a fair shake under the loan, but I don't see him staying. Now, uh, a part of this is is just I, I think it's where I want us to tackle this is just like, do you see a the possibility of there being a market for this? Or does this feel like if he was to be moved? And I know I'm kind of jumping the gun. I'm like, I wanted to ask you if you actually thought he was going to be moved. But to that end, I, I struggle with what we would get back if it's not just going to be somebody else's project that doesn't seem to quite be working out. That's you see typically how
2: from. kind of change of scenery deals play out, um, right?
0: You know, I,
2: like, like I like I said on the last question, like it's hard for me to believe that nobody would would want to take the flyer because there is still there is still plenty to get excited about. Yeah. You know what I mean? But other people have also seen the the stat sheets too and know it hasn't happened, and you know are, are going to want to know why. And so um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I the one thing I'd push back on in the wording here is like to get a fair shake is like I don't think Lalone at the trade deadline is like now I'm gonna stop treating you fairly like now I'm gonna stop (laughs) giving you opportunities right like I don't think that's gonna be the case. Um but come trade deadline like do I think he would be off limits? No I don't think he would have been off limits last year, right? It's just like that. they gave him a three year deal which should tell you that they are willing to like you know try to see how this goes. But and they didn't have to do that. Uh, they could have done a one-year, they could have done a two-year, whatever they wanted to do. They did not have to do a three-year deal. So I think that tells you there's some belief internally. Um, but I would I would not say there, that there's no chance of this. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, if there's the right change of scenery opportunity, then it's something worth looking into. And and sometimes that's good for the player. And sometimes that's good for the team. But, you know, you look at, like, Sam Bennett, he, he – how long did that saga go on in Calgary where it was like, are they going to trade him and blah, blah, blah. And finally they trade him and he takes off in, in his next place. And and that can happen. And it wouldn't surprise me if it happened uh, with Philip Sedina. Um, but I, I don't think there's like a timeline where he stops getting opportunities. I just don't, I don't think that's going to be the way it goes. Not certainly not after giving him a three-year deal. Like if it, he's a part of the team. And so uh, i I don't really know how to wrap that thought up, I guess, but just, I...
0: no, I, I think I'd, I'd take it from you too. And I, 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 it's one of the things we've talked about with that contract, but if you lose patience with, what is it? 1.8 uh, on the salary cap, you're watch, like, you're watching the wrong sport. That's a totally manageable. Uh, was, yeah. and And that's something where you've just created three years of patience, because well, you it... don't have to worry about it eating up somebody's, roster spot. And it point. comes
2: back to expectations, right? Like no one would have this reaction to him. If he were a fourth round pick, it would be like, Oh, right, we'll see what happens. Right. He's 22 years old. Um, but people want the payoff because th- they got that excited for him and hand up. I certainly contributed to that. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure you guys did too. Right. It's like, it's, you know, I, we write and we'd say how good these guys are. Some, and sometimes, you know, yeah, we haven't that, seen them the expected goals yet. is uh, yeah. through
1: the roof. I haven't seen them. But, you know, they're expected at some point. Um, well, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, coming in third here, I'm, I'm going to be just doing piggyback. But, yeah, I mean, Eiserman committed three years to this guy. So I I would be shocked if he was somebody moved at the deadline because it sounds like this is somebody. Well, it wouldn't shock me works, if they
2: move him, but uh, it would shock me if they're like, we're done with you. You know what like I mean? Like dumping him. Yeah, dumping exactly. Him. Maybe exactly. that's a better Yeah, 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 yeah right. Dumping
1: would be a shock. Um, yeah, it seems like they're committed to a 22-year-old guy with the skill. So, and I and feel works, like uh, yeah.
0: I feel like Buffalo just gave us a, a good glimpse of a guy who was taken in the first round that you could show some patience with, and all of a sure. sudden he looks like a super-duper star. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't,
2: the different players, for sure, but I, I get exactly what right. you mean.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I, I we're wrapping up here, Max. We only have you till 8 um, o'clock. I, I had a couple other topics I wanted to kind of touch on that were more like hockey, like the philosophy – in hockey uh things like luxury player i wanted to touch on um and uh comparison could i throw I
1: mean, uh, one out there matt absolutely uh, max
0: you uh <laughs> you get a lot
1: more access uh, than we do like talking to current players um so i, c- I had a question for you one thing that really <laughs> frustrates me um like comparing the nhl and the nba i'm a big nba fan and i feel like they do such a great job like marketing the players the league the stars um so even like the NHL opening night uh, was broadcast. It was like announced via a tweet. Uh, nobody knew that the opening night was even happening um, overseas. It was a nightmare. So I guess what I wanted to ask you is oh the European game sorry yeah the European I was like... the European game that counted <laughs> in the like in the record yeah it counted yeah <laughs> um, when you're meeting these guys if you had an idea to kind of like maybe like maybe I'll try and kind of push this towards like the most marketable player, like personality wise, who would you say that would be like for the current team? Hmm.
2: Most marketable. And I, I will wanna, say,
1: I don't want to lead the witness and I, and it's, I'm going to try and lead you away because I love Larkin, but he's so professional. It's, Harder to market him because he's so like serious. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like kind of a, kind of more of a personality.
2: Well, and that is on one team. thing is like in my job, you know, it, it's not like I'm going for beers with these guys, right? Like I am still interacting with them. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're at work. Yeah. Context, right. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still see, I would say like they're more professional sides, you know, I, I it's, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, I, I think everyone has seen these glimpses of, of how big a personality Mort Sider has. And I, I thought that was, you know i I think the red Wings, uh social team their video team does a really good job with stuff like that and bringing that that kind of stuff out because uh, that's not a side of of more insider that that I see very often right but you see how and i I've heard plenty about it when I reported on his year in rogla um and and I think you saw it in those like mojo show videos like when they went to wherever it was right. Seattle I think it was right and you see that yeah. and that's a huge personality right so uh, that would, you know, he'd be up there. I, I think Lucas Raymond's a really funny guy. Uh, you know, it seems, seems like a, you know, fun loving kid and all that. And, you know, but also like these guys are so young, right? Like it's, uh, they're, uh, they're still kind of becoming who they're going to be. And so, uh, right. I don't know. I, I, I think Cider's right. personality is very marketable. Um, that's probably the easy answer. Um, go
0: to his Instagram right now because he's selling real estate. That's, uh, his new oh, Instagram is it? story is him doing <laughs> a German real estate company. So I, I couldn't wait to jump on that, Mike, when you threw that out there. Cause somebody is marketing more insider. Yeah, that's, funny. um, well, I, I want to jump in, Max, you, you have a hard stop at eight. I want to let you go. Uh, I want to be for
2: five more if you want to get one of those two. Oh market.
0: yeah. All right. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> thanks Max. Now. uh, I was talking... I'm going to say this. I was talking to... uh, We did like two messages back and forth. (laughs) Uh, But Jeff Merrick, uh, I was listening to his podcast and I wanted to just get his thoughts because he kept talking about these luxury players, this idea of a luxury player. And he, he started this conversation because Phil Kessel. Was he the guy that you revolve your, home, your whole franchise around. No, we knew, we knew that he was traveling around, and then he sort of half-described a luxury player as somebody like, Phil Kessel comes onto your team, and now uh, at this point in his career for the Golden Knights, he's a luxury to have. Hmm. Uh, another guy that he brought up was uh, Brooks orpic who actually called himself out and said, you don't sign Brooks Orpik and make me your star. You sign me and this guy year after year, Selkie Votes, you know, up in the. Uh, I will say without knowing for sure, definitely the top ten year after year after year, like right in the middle um, of that career. And he called himself out. He's like, "You're not going to bring me in, and I'm going to be the superstar on your team. I'm I'm that last final piece." And Mike, your point bringing up basketball. I mean, I think the easiest one around Detroit is maybe to call out like. Um, you know, like Rasheed Wallace was definitely one for the 2004 Detroit Pistons. And you know, we talk about Bryant Stewart coming to the wings, too. But anyway, um, I, I was wondering, with our roster, and you do have to keep a relationship with these players, despite you saying you don't want to drink with them. So I understand if you don't want to get too deep into this. Um, but how many of these guys do you think we're actually carrying that are in the right role? Because it's something like I've listened to Elliot Friedman since the season started He's just waiting for Perron to get traded back to the Blues as long as they stay in playoff <laughs> wow. contention. Um, that's Holy what he damn. said. He said every episode of uh, 32 Thoughts. is he's, he's just waiting. Uh, I think St. Louis is going to do their darndest uh, right now. What are they on a five-game losing streak? But anyway, um, how many of these guys do you think we have in, in like a wrong space right now?
2: Well, I, I think that's a different question than the luxury player thing. To me, the luxury player thing is like a guy that you go get who, you know, you don't, you, like you said. Like the Maple Leafs
1: fourth league. line.
2: No, Usually. I, I <laughs> well, I, I almost would think of it kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think of like a good example from it, it. Really, I think of it more like the NFL, like the the Rams going and getting some of the guys, that, like Von Miller was a luxury player for the Rams, right. right? Because they didn't really need that, but they could get him and they got better. So they just did it, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, maybe you could call Christian McCaffrey to the, to the 49ers or something like that. I don't think the Red Wings... Are in a position to have luxury players because they
0: like, they don't have any luxury, right? I, it, it's, it's I like, meant we have we have luxury players that are going to well, be taken from us and like moved Von into Miller the proper is like a, spot. Is like a
2: great great player. Christian McCaffrey is like a great great player. I don't think like they're luxury. That's kind of what I mean. Is like okay. That's like it's like a luxury addition, I guess. Um, that's probably a better way to put it, like a luxury addition. But like a luxury player, I don't know. Like, do
0: we? Do we actually have, like, is Tyler Bertuzzi the last piece that the Toronto Maple Leafs need? Not that anybody wants to hear me trading Tyler Bertuzzi to the Maple Leafs, but I feel like that's the best way for me to like sum it up. Is that like they find him oh, in a be middle sixth role, for them
2: or is he something that they need?
0: It's a, it's definitely a combo of both because they haven't won a playoff series.
2: Like, and, how how can anyone say like they have the luxury to to do like they what luck like you know what I mean?
0: I know what you mean. I, I think like it would come from, team, the, from that perspective of, like, <laughs> they have they know who they are with Austin. Man- like, they know who that top yeah. six should be. So when you bring in a Tyler Bertuzzi, this isn't now they're a playoff contender. Now they're a Stanley Cup contender. They should be Stanley Cup contenders. They screw it up every year. But once they have that Tyler Bertuzzi player, so this is my fear, is that we have some luxury guys, future luxury guys for other teams that are in some prominent roles.
2: I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. I, I, I just think, I think it's fair to say that the Red Wings as currently constructed have a few guys slotted higher in a lineup than they would be on a contender. I don't think that's any secret. That's just team building. Right. But like in terms of like, I I think there are players on the team still who, you know, you mentioned David Perron, like maybe he's a luxury addition for like St. Louis, but on Detroit, he's a key cog. And like, I don't think, you know, he's been on a he's been on a really winning team and a Stanley Cup team, and I, I don't think he was just a luxury piece on those teams. I think he was a pretty core guy. So, like, to me, like, a luxury player would be like a Mike Hoffman, right? Or, or maybe you could say, if you want, like, a Red Wing example, like Andreas Athenasiou, I think, would be an example of that from recent years, right? And I don't say that with any disrespect. I just think that's, you know, he's going to add some scoring for you, add yeah. some sizzle, some speed, probably not like a core part of, you know, your, your championship core. Right. Um, could there be guys like that? Yeah. In so far as that there are guys who aren't in like the championship core level who are maybe, you know, central pieces in Detroit, but it's, it's, it'd be hard for me to like pick out a guy and say like,
0: that's a luxury piece because
2: I don't know that they have any luxury about them. Does that make
0: sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think too, like I, I want to let you go cause we hit, we hit your five minutes, but it's definitely like, when do we, Yeah, like I I think it's just like we're ready to to go game by game and get pissed off when we lose, when we do see ourselves picking up some of those. Maybe we need to work on the definition of luxury player. I need a better word. But um, because
2: doesn't strike me as a luxury guy either. Right. Like I like I wouldn't
0: say he's a luxury player. I
2: don't
1: know.
0: Yeah, there's probably some mud. I don't know. There's some mud we need to clear off the windshield there so that we have a clearer picture of what I'm trying to say. Right. I mean, the
1: closest I could think of was when we were stacked and we, like, pulled in Robotai.
2: Totally. That's a perfect example. That's,
0: yes, absolutely. Yeah. Damn it. All right. Fine. No, no. (laughs) Late (laughs)
2: career guy, like, Robotai's a Hall of Famer. He's not just a luxury player.
0: But at that point in his career, it's like, yeah, sure, add Luke Robotai, right? Absolutely. No, that, that makes sense. Um, all right. So Max, you are amazing. Thank you so much for, for coming back uh, a week after we've initially set up the date. So, uh, really appreciate it. And of course, uh, Max, you're running through the athletic, as everybody knows, you have the Friday prospect episode, uh, for the athletic hockey podcast, which is amazing. Uh, last question. Who's, uh, your favorite person to host a podcast with, uh, Prashanth or Corey Promit? (laughs) (laughs) I'm, <laughs> they're, kidding. They're I'm kidding. I'm yeah, awesome. kidding.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. Yeah. So much smarter than me. I've, I've been super You're lucky <laughs> to have shows with both of them.
0: But yeah, you guys, you guys know what to do. Uh, following Max on Twitter, Max, what is that handle, real quick? Uh,
2: at M underscore Boltman, B U L T M A N. All
0: right. I mean, as if there's anybody following us and not following you, but uh, I think everybody's kind of like you sink them all, but at the same time. But anyway. Uh, Max, I appreciate you syncing up with us. Um, you're fantastic. And we hope we can have you on again. I hope this is, uh, this was fun for you.
2: My pleasure guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, have a great rest of the show.
0: Thanks, Max. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. All righty. Uh, Mr. Max Boltman from the athletic. Uh, so we're going to keep carrying on. Uh, we have some more topics. I think, I think I want to iron out what the hell, I mean by a luxury gotta, player cuz we got to throw the
1: ad out there before you do that. We do.
0: That's what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> uh so we're going to step away for a second. Do a little business. We, yeah. We'll we'll be right back for you guys. Uh just hang tight and thanks for watching so far. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Guys, we've got Wings and Canadians coming up. Want to get that $200 in free bets? If that wasn't enough excitement, you could turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, we're back. I think what I was trying to get Max to say with the... What did the you s- want him to admit, Max? That Tyler Bertuzzi, having Tyler Bertuzzi on the first line is a team that's not ready to contend for the playoffs. Having, ty- like, the, not just Tyler Bertuzzi, I'm sorry. It's like, if we could get Tyler down to the second line, if there's one, like, like imagine there is, like, the, the space for... The elites of all elites on this team they're going to be left wing center right wing on the first line so one of the guys we have running on our first line is getting moved down so i wanted to take the tra- the conversation it wasn't necessarily getting rid of tyler bertuzzi but it was going to be about once those guys can move down then we're ready like right now it feels like i don't know if it's about adding more guys in the middle six figuring out what we what we're doing in the on the fourth I think line i think that's the sentence that
1: kind of helps i i don't know about the luxury thing i would say the closest thing you have right now is fabry who we forget is even employed by this this roster but he's going to be playing a, a key role but yeah uh i think what kind of what max alluded to was um you know it's it's guys who you know are cogs who you know could be like you know maybe a line above where they could be, you know, or maybe they'd be more of a depth player on a, you know, on a better, um, you know, more seasoned team. And like, like you're trying to, I know you're trying to articulate that, but yeah, if, if we could get to a point where Bertuzzi's on a second line, I I don't think a team that, you know, is a, a, uh, you know, strong playoff team winning, you know, rounds, I don't think you, are necessarily held back by having Bertuzzi on your first line. But that would mean, I think the second line would maybe be a little bit better, but yeah. I, I think you, I think you could still make uh, um Bertuzzi work on the first line.
0: It was funny too. Like I, uh, I've been listening to more hockey podcasts than I ever have in my entire life. I have been listening to every 32 thoughts. I have the Jeff Merrick podcast queued up every day. Yeah. I ha- so it's a lot of Canadian perspective, which isn't always the best. Uh, only not not for any Canadians listening. I mean, what I mean what is, what are you saying about so, Canada, Matt? It's declare war
1: on Canada.
0: It's a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs. Lots and lots of Toronto Maple Leafs talk. I mean, right now too, it makes sense. I, I did want to call out Jared throughout there. Kubi is the luxury player. I. I was thinking we had zero luxury players, but Jared makes so much sense with this at like two and a half million. And we've got a guy that's got, what, 10 points, 11 points in nine games. But what I wanted... The the point was that we don't have luxury players. Like, we don't... We're not in the space to have luxury players because we don't have a set core that is, like, carrying us right now. Right? Right? So we, that, that was what I was kind of saying, like, yes, we have the luxury player, but it would be a luxury for another team to have them. And that's where I was kind of leading, uh, leading in the conversation with like this Elliot Friedman call out of like, he's just waiting for David Perron to get traded back to the blues. Does David Perron get traded back to the blues? And he's in the top six, maybe he's in, he's in the middle six, maybe on the third line. I mean, even before the season started, we painted him as a third line guy and you give him a lot of power play time and, um, you know, he's scoring, but there are some struggles uh, defensively, but anyway, it's, it's just one of those things. like, I, I know it's tough to, like, I'm it's very important for you to try and recover what you
1: think was a lost explanation, man, but I think (laughs) we're going to be okay. Um,
0: yeah, I, I I don't know. I think, I just think it's a good conversation. It's
1: Okay. Um, uh, I, 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 it's, it's hard to focus on that because we know that the, I, I don't think there's a red wing scenario where they're in that pool. Like they're no, I know. Uh, no, not just acquiring one, but giving up one. I I think that they kind of want to figure out how these guys work as, okay, that's as cogs. Um, they're not quite, well, you know, bottom feeders. You know what I mean? Where they're, they're
0: giving away parts. So we we can start pulling up some of the slides that, uh, we didn't even get a chance to, to look at, which I feel bad because I told Max yesterday. I had all these slides made, and I was like, please, read these over. We will go through each slide, and we opened up one, and we talked about Olimata. But I think that's good, though. That means we had a good conversation. Now, this is, uh, Mike, I wanted to call this out because this is every game after... Uh, the, this is post 2 Verana, right? So you're looking at, uh, for all the podcast listeners, the slide up right now is showing our... What, what do you always call them, Mike? What's the word? Oh, the deep cut
1: analytics. Yeah, the deep
0: cut analytics. Um, so anyways, uh, the regulars here, Corsi, Fenwick, we have our goals for and expected goals for. And I also threw in the high danger chances because uh, we are also getting lunched there. And looking at the shot percentage, not too great in the last, let's say, two out of three games. And then the save percentage this is such like
1: bipolar experience you know like we we had uh we had a couple of close games um before the 17th um where we uh, I'll, I'll let me let me retract that statement like we uh, that was the Larkin stole the point against the kings and then the Blackhawks they broke our hearts right right and then after that it was just this erratic like here's a five to one uh you know we defeathered the ducks. And then the next night we got absolutely annihilated and then the next game absolutely annihilated. And then we tightened it up and then we got absolutely annihilated. And so it's, it's such a, um, you know, erratic experience going game to game. And, um, I think it's really like exemplifies one, how young this team is Two that. They do have a new coach and they're figuring out what he wants to do. And three, they do have a lot of boo boos, so it's it's almost like we have to just tread water till we're healthy again, and then, you know, reassess. You know, where is this team ranked throughout the NHL? Because this 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 set of games is really hard to judge.
0: Uh, I just want to call out Jim throughout there. Your top line right wing, who is a free agent, is twenty twenty three for twenty twenty three, is Pasta himself. David Pasternak. Uh, Two reasons I actually want to call this out. One, how incredible would it be, Mike, for us to go, all right, Lucas, you fit in on the second line now because we arguably have one of the best goal scorers. Uh, You know, offensive producers in the league who uh, produced with and without. Marchand either getting the assist or just helping other places on the offense to scramble up defense. But anyway, I mean, Pasternak, just incredible. Like, that, where Jim's coming from, is like where I'm coming from. It's like when we have Pasta Man, if we had Pasta Man, that's where things, I feel like, start gelling. I don't know. I'm still coming back to this because I – Now, GLJ throws out there, uh, one can dream. Jared throws out there, Jim, whatever you're drinking, I'd like some. (laughs) <laughs> and uh dan b throws out there: luxury players are useful only as a final puzzle piece uh move to win the cup wings aren't close to that right uh dan i i agree with that i think that's like half of the definition i was struggling to come to only because i was trying to get a response from max it's almost like in regards were trying to, to like figure out, are we closer
1: to acquiring one of those guys or are we Ye- closer to being the team that outsources yeah from, uh, that's
0: ah that would have been a great way to to put that question because i i'm kind of rethinking how i asked max and i was like how many of those guys do we have on our team and i was it's like no how many of those guys do we potentially have for other teams not necessarily how many guys do we have uh how many lux mike how many luxury players do the detroit red wings have right now to get us to the cup uh zero uh, they all zero have a every, purpose.
1: every second is vital at this time we need every hand on deck. Uh Ketzel, our dude. I would pay almost anything for the pasta man. Boston would never trade him inside the division. Um yeah, I mean Pasta, he's uh whew. I, I would take a Herculean uh contract offer, which I don't know if if Steve is really in the market to do like a you know, 8 years, you know, 10 million, 11 million per um and potentially have him you know, make more money than Larkin. So I don't know how that's going to work. Um, so I'm not ready to put eggs in that basket.
0: If he hits the free agent market, if he hits the unrestricted free agent market, that guy's going to be going for top paid player in the league. No, somebody might tell me right now, he does not deserve to be the top paid player in the league. I, Unfortunately, listen, that's what you got d-
1: to I'm not saying that we're as bad as Columbus, but I think it would be as shocking as like Goudreau. Because I, I
0: don't know if that guy's really leaving Boston. Um, fun to mention, too. I think uh, Columbus is at the bottom of the, the conference right now. So I, I don't know if Johnny Hockey's regretting things. I guess not. <laughs> He's in paradise in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. He's doing great. Kessel says 12 by 8. I think we'd have to do 12 by 7 because the 8 years would come from... Isn't that, isn't that the team that drafted and then it's free agents at that point switching teams it's like seven years yeah or something. I, I
1: think we have to quibble on the years but yeah it's going to take 11 or 12 especially with the cap going up so i think Ketzel's on the money for that for sure
0: now some of you guys might have heard me mention to max i threw out another question where it was like uh comparison to like some other teams right now and what he could see that tells us we're closer to like these years you know last year the rangers so close to the sailing cup finals right um, you know, are we close to that? We see this start for the New Jersey Devils where, um, I think it was Jay Fresh that put out, uh, the chart comparing the goals for, goals against, and then expected goals for and expected goals against. And the Devils are in the top right-hand corner of the chart. They are by far like the best five on five team and they have a great record right now. So it's like, are we closer to being that or... What's really been fun to watch, honestly, as a hockey fan, and I've been kind of hoping for just more losses and more chaos because I think chaos is so much fun, um, is at the Vancouver Canucks? And of course, I think that would be the hockey gods punishing me because I'm having so much fun watching this that we would turn into the Canucks. You know, it's not—it's not anything where um, I think uh, Quinn Hughes is is on his way back, is what I just saw. Uh, but it's what you know—it's like we. Uh, Max put out himself his, his uh what he sees in Moritz Sider is a guy who's who's trying to do everything, um, but that could result in doing too much. Where I was actually I see a guy that's that was thinking too much. Um, but either way, uh, both of those can cause some problems, and you get injured, and then you're off the roster, and you can't help your team. Kind of like Quinn Hughes right now, where some people might argue he's taken quite a dip uh, after his first season um first couple of seasons and now it's it's not quite as for sure that you're looking at a Norris trophy future winner um but like just think about how close we would be because I mean JT Miller Brock or um I mean we were trying to you know sign Pedersen uh two was it two summers ago Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a roster that I don't well. Quite we look weren't at. trying to
1: sign him. We were fantasizing about signing him.
0: Oh, me and you were trying. Yeah, to we sign were him. fantasizing.
1: That wasn't a Red Wing plan.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying Steve was. Uh okay. we were. <laughs> just wanted to make sure we were. Saying. We were trying to sign him. Me and Michael, yeah. the Red Wings. We, we were
1: Wolverine laying on the bed with the little photo of of uh. You're
0: here, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but that's not like a roster where I'm like looking at it and I'm just. Like wow, that's that's embarrassing. I can't believe they're trotting that out there this year, and it's just been a disaster. And some people would say maybe they're trying to get rid of their coach. I think is some of the stories, but either you know, whatever it is, like that, it's fun to watch, but it's also putting some fear in me because I'm kind of looking at it and it's like uh, somebody made the comment like the Canucks have been building, rebuilding since the Sedines left. So you're talking like what is that? Almost ten? Is it ten years? I think somebody put the number on it. Um, I, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head the Canucks, uh, history. Um, but anyway, you know, they've been trying to rebuild this team and it just hasn't really any, anything has really come together gelled. And then they started what, like, oh, seven or something like that this season. So it's like, we see things that are working out, but I also would have said, I saw things that were working out for Vancouver. Like I think people were picking them to at least sniff the playoffs, and last year they got close, and uh, people were arguing if they had made a coaching change a couple weeks earlier, they would have been in the playoffs. So that's you, know, you have that conversation. That's a playoff team; they're in the playoff conversation. So it's like you get in the playoff conversation, and now you can't win for seven games. So it's just yeah, it's it's scary to me. But that's where I was like, what do you? What can we hang our hats on? That's like no, this team's headed for the new jersey new york let's you know one year it's just gonna like ah it's all coming together or gosh darn is that i don't know is it just scary do we just have to accept that that's scary this is one of the topics again i wanted to get max's opinion on so mike you can lay it on me uh, i'm just letting you guys know some of the stuff we missed with max but hopefully we'll, we'll think, have mike.
1: uh no between uh vancouver and what was the other team the devils which we um, closer to
0: yeah, so I'm like Rangers, Devils, right? Devils have this hot start right now, and the Rangers last year, um, you know, a year removed from drafting Lafreniere, are one game away from the Stanley Cup finals last season. So,
1: yeah, um, I think the of those teams that you mentioned, um, the one I, you know, they've they've had a lot of really good um, years where they drafted well um and so i i'm gonna kind of you know chicken salad my way out of this answer it's just that it just shows you the value of you know having superstars on your team so a rebuild is going to take a lot longer if you don't have that you know one mega line up top and maybe to bring this full circle that's where for you i know it might be a little bit scary because maybe you don't quite see uh twos as an a plus you know alpha on the first line um but, I mean, if, if this is going to be a team that it doesn't feel like you're, you know, floundering, um, that you're not uh Canucks-ing it up, um, it's going to mean that you have superstars, that you have guys night in, night out. And Larkin, obviously, is on pace to do it this year, um, healthy, playing with good, you know, line mates, on pace for, you know, a point a night, um, over a point a night. Um And it's just tough because we we haven't really been able to make that call yet on if we have a top line because we've had so many boo-boos in the past couple seasons. But I think that's really going to be the difference in the rebuild. Um, And that's, I think, to use that word scary or terrifying, um, you know, just in the vein of whether or not you're going to actually be like a year in, year out cup contender, it's whether or not you've drafted superstars. So I, I have a lot of faith in Iserman, you know, finding diamonds in the rough. Um, yeah. But he has to have the opportunity to also get superstars on the team. So that's that's going to be what makes or breaks, you know, a cup a cup winner.
0: And the, you know, there's there's a lot that's just going to be up in the air, and um, it's it's tough too. Like I, I, I guess if we asked max about that what we're asking him and what we're trying to do right now is just kind of project based on nothing you know like nothing really you know, we basically have two case studies and they've gone in opposite directions and we're like which one are we gonna be and it's like well we don't know we have to let it play out yeah but i don't wanna um so it's kind of the game i'm playing right now but it's still it's still something and that I still
1: I, the thing too with max is we'd want him to like assess it based on this season and this, I, I still feel like in the last, outside of like maybe the first couple games, and we had everybody, I don't feel like we're giving a, a fair assessment of the team because we're still missing our guys who would make us like a playoff team. That's how good
0: Verana is. That's how good Bertuzzi is. Now Jim says Canucks have had a uh, have had a history of not drafting well, but that's that's kind of the point I was coming to. Where it's like, how do we say? they're bad at drafting when I want Elias Pedersen on my team. I want I wouldn't mind Quinn Hughes on my team. I mean right now, like I said I've been listening to way too much Canadian hockey podcasting but they're super excited. Quinn Hughes is coming back. Woo! You know, like that's that's huge for them. That's huge news. That's thats like front page news. Um, Which is a whole nother conversation by the way. Uh, But anyway, it's like These are guys that if the trade was proposed and they came over to my team, I'd be like, yeah, gross. Like, I feel like they've they've had a pretty, you know, decent run. I know like Brock Besser kind of fell off, but that's still a guy like when I look at it, that that was like a name like, oh, I don't know. I might think about. Looking at the restricted free agent market, I might think about, you know, if they're ready to move on, maybe there's something we can put together and see if we can make it work over here. So there's things I like with the guys that they've drafted. So I wouldn't say, like, in recent history that it's been that bad, in my opinion. I mean, we might just disagree there. So that's, that's true. Ketzel throws out there, Devils uh, have benefited massively from draft luck. Very true. Oh, like lottery. Yeah, lottery luck.
1: Yeah they've definitely done that um what is it if this was shakespearean i feel like Ketzel has three
0: telling points already i like i like three things that he said today (laughs) now uh dan throws out there maybe the problem is ownership being impatient and tinkering um i thought it was pretty funny that uh for vancouver this is me again listening to way too many canadian podcasts but uh Wasn't the GM, I think it was like president of hockey operations, went into the locker room and told like the rumors that the players have been trying to lose to get their coach fired. And uh, I guess president of hockey operations went in there and said, yeah, we're not getting rid of our coach. We're getting rid of you guys. So keep it up, which I did think was funny because then like the opinion of like Elliot Friedman was like, that might be what some of those guys want. (laughs) You might want to get kicked off the So team. win-win. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I just thought, <laughs> I, I did think that was funny. But to Dan B's point, you know, you bring in the guys that are going to go into the locker room and do that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and this would be what? Two straight seasons that they'd get rid of a coach mid-season. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a team that tinkers too much. And Dan, like where I'm trying to figure out, how do we know we're not going in that direction compared to, maybe you don't even want to say going into like, the New Jersey or New York direction because that still kind of feels like it's coming out of nowhere, you know? And of course, great goaltending gets New York. Unfortunately, I think that you're right. Bringing those teams up because
1: they've had luck and we have had to, we've had to make our own luck, which, you know, just means relying on Iserman's brain on draft day. When I would also like to be able to have lady luck on our side so we can draft superstars.
0: And that, There's a conversation, too, about what luck have we had. Um, I think you and I have been, even though I've had some arguments at work, I think you and I have been pretty happy with what we've seen from Elmer Soderblom, like remembering that this is his first taste of North American hockey and what Mm -hmm. he's been able to do. Um, And I think a, a name like Albert Johansson getting his shot. Like, sure, Simon Edmondson, like we talked about with Max, should get a shot this year, should, I'm going to say this, MX didn't say this, should be on the team next year. But you get a Soderblom, you get a Bergerin, you get a Johansson to work out. That's our luck. But That's our luck. No, that's that's, yeah, Yeah. like that's our draft lottery luck. The thing that would be status quo, like, would be like, well, that's, you know, opposed to saying that's our luck. Uh, the thing that would be saying, well, that's the NHL. Would be we these guys get short stints, they can't produce, and they go back down to Grand Rapids and have great careers. Like, I'm not saying I see that for Berggren, Soderblom, Edvinson. I'm saying like, well, let me. Edvinson's not included in that. Uh, Albert Johansson. I'm not saying I see that in their futures. I'm just saying like, statistically, that's all I'm speaking to is that those guys drafted later on are not like it, it's it's just not what you should expect it's just we we watch them all the time we see things that look great we just saw Burger grand turn in one of the best rookie seasons uh in grand rapids last year or would it be the best rookie season in grand rapids last year so it's just yeah it's a, it's i don't know i'm excited right now i'm talking in all different directions and um <sighs> I, I did have one thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of happy uh, we didn't have to talk about this with Max, because I think he already gave his opinion online, and I don't know. I don't know. It seems like it's something that I have a hard opinion on, and maybe for Max, you don't want to have two hard or negative of an opinion and Max if you're listening I could be totally speaking out of turn but maybe it's just better to not do what I'm about to do and uh, bring up uh, oh my gosh yeah the reverse retros I was gonna say what the hell are those things called um Mike we've been gone for a little bit this happened uh I think we've all seen this thing um bring this up oh for the love of Pete Alright, well, for podcast listeners, uh, you, you get to live in the world of the YouTubers right now because I can't get a picture to come up right now. But, um, we're all in the same boat, but we know what that thing looks like. Mike? Red yes. Wings Reverse Retro.
1: Am I buying one? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, it's, I'm not, I'm not one of, I, I'm not going to say I'm one of those people who, um, like it's, uh, you know an item that you can't change that it's uh like you know a, a holy relic um that red wing jersey with the red and white you know i'm, I'm okay with spicing it up a little bit um it's, it's no secret that i'm a, a piston fan right and they're bringing back the teals which uh you know not not super pretty looking but sometimes you gotta ugly it up a little bit you know um and I, I you know it was part of my childhood. They're nostalgic. Um I'll get on board with those. Um, uh, you know, I'll think about a, a Jalen Duran teal jersey, but did we have to pick black hawk colors? Did we have to go with throwing the black? Um so I yeah. It's like the the Red Wings are so good at hiring people who do like um, you know, video packages or you know, showcasing uh, you know, the original six jersey, but I don't think they put a lot of money into the creative department in updating the Red Wing jersey because they're like, no one's going to buy this shit anyway. <laughs> so, you know, we'll just throw some colors on there that make it look horrible. And, you know, what's the difference? Then we'll end up shipping them to South America or something, and uh, they'll be a dollar. So there you go.
0: So. So I'm might... not
1: enamored of them. Not enamored.
0: I think I might be taking the hotter take. Uh, oh, boy. They like reuse... already ordered one, and he's wearing it. You said that the barber pole is not something that you you hold in high regard, like it's it's not something that's sacred.
1: No, I, I think that you know it's
0: fine on the design. I guess I just I wouldn't have thrown black on there,
1: not just because we hate the Blackhawks so much. I there's there had to be another color. So
0: here's my take. I think, blue, the, we could I think blue. I think on like
1: we're already at Little Caesars Arena and we share an huh. arena with the Pistons. Here's Why red. can't we go red, white, and blue? Man, hey, you talk like this whole episode. I'm taking a few minutes for this because this looks terrible. <laughs> we look like the Chicago Bulls. We look like the Blackhawks. We don't look like anything resembling the Red Wings other than the word Detroit is on the sweater.
0: Uh, this, is, this is terrible. I, I'm going to jump on that. My take is I think yeah. the red and white barber pole jersey sucks ass. Uh, For anybody that looks at that and goes, oh, that's what jerseys should look like. You're kidding yourself. That Those are just some white stripes or some red stripes, and it says Detroit in a font that I don't recognize. Um, that jersey blows. Uh, so I don't care what they do with the barber pole. I, I'm sorry. I think a lot of people love the barber pole. I think it's nostalgia. I think it's uh, anybody who, uh, who forced themselves to watch Hocus Pocus 2 yeah, that's oh. uh, that's where I'm coming. That's now re- now I really got the hot yeah. takes uh, coming. Like it's, yeah, let's really that's that's uh,
1: get the people going. <laughs> no,
0: you know I just get thrown the... out there. He doesn't like the barber pole either. Yeah. So we've got Mike. I think Ketzel, you're on board. I, so that's Ketzel, three of can us. I throw
1: this out there. Ketzel, yeah. Can I throw this out there, Bud? Like, you can laugh at me at you if you want. But one of the things that the Utah Jazz did and the Colorado Avalanche did is they incorporated like the like the terrain of Colorado into their jerseys and it looked a little ridiculous but it also really stood out and it was so uniquely them and so weird it was kind of like you know um uh being part of the counterculture you know um no I don't listen to your pop music I'm gonna listen to some goth yeah and then we had like a whole you know collective that like that jersey and I, I thought those really popped So I I don't know if we could have a a swirling, whirling dervish of like Detroit locales (laughs) and it's kind of, you know, tilted or what have you. Maybe it's got the big fist. Uh, Maybe it's got, you know, slices of pizza dripping down or something, but um i yeah, should have brought this yeah, up earlier black Hawk sweater boo yeah jared yeah.
0: said this a while ago. sorry jared this was this was great timing too and i i missed it yeah i just uh, don't but, know if we were
1: trying to bring aboard uh my, my boy patrick kane you know maybe they thought this would be a smoother transition for him to agree to a trade
0: um chewy right on board not a fan of the
1: R jersey yeah sucks
0: not a and big fan uh of jim thrown out there the original six jerseys shouldn't be tinkered with i'm i'll say this the red wings jersey I have that opinion on. Sometimes I really like what happens with, like, the New York Rangers jerseys. And I got to tell you, I love those Canadians jerseys that uh, have, like, it's they switch it. They go instead of red, we're having blue. I think those are really pretty. Uh, I like them a lot. Well, I'll say, like... Oh, no, Ketzel. <laughs> Montreal blue is awful. Ketzel, get out of here, man. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh,
1: no, I mean, like, we've had,
0: like, minor tweaks here, right, where the Pistons
1: have had red, white, and blue. Um, and then they just subtly changed it and just modernized, like, the text a little bit, and it worked. And you could kind of compare it to the, you know, the, um, you know, bad boys, red, white, and blue. And, you know, I, I, could, I could say it's objectively an improvement. Like, it's a little a little, a little, softer on the on the lettering there. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's impossible. I think you can make subtle tweaks, um, but just thrown in black, not a, not a fan. And then Jim thrown in there, boys. I'm from the old school. Jim, understandable. That's uh, an opinion a lot of people have. Um, you are definitely not alone on that. Um, I just I think that a subtle tweak. If you think of, like the Pistons, um, even the Lions trying to add like a like an eyeball to bubbles, um, the Lion. Um, but Jim, I mean, just a counter counter argument. You could definitely go like Detroit Tigers, right? They haven't changed a goddamn thing, (laughs) but even they will throw in like the Negro League jerseys and and those do pretty well. Yeah. If you go to games,
0: people do like buying those. those, Is that the stars? I can't remember. I feel like I can see a star. Um, I'd have to
1: look it up, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, those, those jerseys do sell. I think they do well. And And I I don't think these are going to sell.
0: And Jim, to your point, too, like, I don't want to change it. Um, I just sometimes I I, I do. I, I don't mind some of those those changes. I, that's where some of this reverse retro stuff. Um, it's it's not it's not for me. Right. Like, I I, I kind of want the hat. I see a lot of hat potential here, Mike, um, with the red and black Wolfpack Detroit Red Wings hat. I. I'm probably going to buy that, I will be honest, but I will not shell out what $250. Which, by the way, Mike, I'm two for two. Another jersey from Macari. Guys, I'm telling you, hit up uh, this is not a sponsor. Hit up Macari. I just got my second Red Wings jersey. This one was only $48. I'm going to be getting me a cider and a soda bloom cuz I'm just going to take it to like Fanatic U or uh Vintage Detroit and just have them put some numbers and letters on there. Uh a lot cheaper than the $250 you have to pay for, for those uh, for the prime green Adidas. But I'm telling you guys, I, I'm just uh, go there. I know I there are a couple to of our the link because it sounds pretty cool. Uh, Ketzel, $48? Yes! Just got it for $48, dude. Um, you could also, like, uh, and I know, again, this sounds like Mercari's one of our sponsors, but they, they'll, like, discount that stuff, the sellers, and then you could come in and be like, mm, I want another 15% off, and just kind of see what happens. Because what they might come back and do is say, no, $48 is my final. And then you go, sweet, that's $200 off from the regular price. <laughs> um... Yeah, Ketzel throws it out there. My cider Adidas jersey was a pretty penny. And that that gosh. I I think I told you guys about my Lucas Raymond jerseys actually. It's the Fanatics one, so it's actually the shiny, glossy Red Wing wheel, which I oh, I hate. Mr. Fancy Pants over there, huh? No. It's not fancy at all. I hate it so much. I feel oh, embarrassed when I wear never it. Never mind. Okay. Um uh, this is now this is another direction i want to take this to jim says the only other wings jersey I liked is the one yeah. they used in the outdoor games now i liked the specifically the 2014 i think is one of the greatest hockey jerseys I have one um but one of the greatest hockey jerseys i've ever seen um can i say there's i think what he's probably referencing is that classic sweater
1: with the horizontal stripes on the kind of on the shoulder and then on the belly but i kind of like the one with the um it's got a diagonal and it's a, a, a hybrid of the like English D and then it has like red and like a, kind of a red wing D to it. So let me know, Jim, if you meant the one with the horizontal on the shoulder and the belly, or did you like the one with the big slash with the D? Because
0: yeah, car- is... I really like the one
1: with the D on it.
0: Um, let me see if I can share this real quick, uh, for all the viewers on YouTube. Um, this. Right here. Um, yeah, is, I bet that's what he's talking about. It's, this is it's my pretty all-time cool. favorite. It's pretty cool. I like that. I like the newer look one, too. Uh, Jim says the English style D. So is that. Hey. Um, which year if you was look that? It up,
1: if you look up Red Wings outdoor jerseys, you can find Zetterberg and Cronwall wearing them.
0: Let's give it a shot. See if I can spell outdoor jerseys correctly. Yeah, Was this it? That's
1: what I, that's what I like. Let me know if you like that one too, Jim. I just thought the colors really popped on it.
0: Um, I kind of don't like this one. Uh, is it close <laughs> to be? Is it close to being the Ducks? Yeah, yeah maybe. But you know, it almost—it's kind of got the English D to it. Uh, Dan <laughs> says that uniform is top notch. Ketzel throws it out there. The Twenty fourteen wing wheel is hot. Um. Chewy. I didn't mind the English D or red cap with the D. Um, yes. Uh, I think uh, Sam wants us to get back into uh, hockey talk, though. What's Sam, you you're so silly. I'm just kidding. Uh, Carter leading uh, NCAA in goals last time I checked. Oh, cool. um, Dan B thrown out there, too. Carter Mazur tearing it up at Denver University. Um, well, you got to do a lot, you know.
1: Um, I mean, you can uh, basically lead the minors in points uh, like Bergen and still not make
0: this squad. So
1: I don't know what Carter's got to do.
0: Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, and I can't, I can't remember his name right now and it's just going to take a second, but, um, the guy who's projected to go like number two overall, not Mitch uh, but the guy playing for the university of Michigan, like he's getting that conversation. Like, yeah. Second overall, uh, he's doing that well. And uh, if that's the case for a guy doing that well in the NCAA, then why not get more excited about Carter? So I, I, I like, uh, I like at least the conversation cause it's, it's something too, I think we've been kind of negative on this episode. We need some positives. So I, I, yeah, absolutely. Like this is exciting for Carter and, um, funny enough with all the Canadian podcasts I've been listening to, I have, I have been hearing that, but my only problem is I haven't been seeing it, um. So that's yeah, that's that's what stinks. I, I've only heard about it. Now the other one, uh, Jim Johnson, thrown out there sounds like Casper and Wallander are doing great overseas. And uh, I don't have a screenshot because I was kind of doing this willy nilly. But um, Jordan Harris, uh, he's at Jordan underscore NHL Draft, has been doing some research on Marco Casper. Mm-hmm. Now, um, ten points, fourteen games. It's three goals and seven assists, uh, and and i just wanted to read this off to you guys this is this is deep uh this is this is like a lot of a lot of notes from uh from jordan harris here um so i'll j- I'll just kind of see if we could find some of the high notes here and just kind of tell you guys like i th- i think we're on pace like are talking about filling out this lineup and seeing if um you know, we can find a top line guy and I know we're talking a center, so that means Dylan would get demoted. But even so, if it's a second line center and we can push Andrew Cop down, uh whatever the situation is, I just every time I see a highlight from Casper, it's it's good decision making. I mean this this guy is doing the things that, you know I mean it's it's sexy, you know? Like he's got smooth moves. Uh I recommend ice hockey gifts. You guys can check that out. Uh, Jordan Harris, Casper's line frequently starts the opening shift of each period. A sign that Coach Abbott wants Casper out there to set the tone for the period. I think that's huge. Uh, averaging uh, 16 minutes, 20 seconds, uh, 26 seconds uh, time on ice. Uh, leading for forwards there. Um, Corsi 4 percentage is 59.8%. Leads all forwards who have played 10 games or more. Uh, the next two highest Corsi c4 percentages belong to casper's line mates um now expected goals for a percentage at even strike 58.87 huge It's good for 24th uh and uh I'm, I'm sorry let me let me try and decipher this here 24th out of 174 qualifying SHL forwards Remember this is we just drafted him. He's playing in the SHL, which we've always talked about with like Sider and Edvinson was just to keep reminding everybody, this is a kid playing with grown men and that this is what he's turning out. So, just the 59.8% Corsi four. I mean, the guy's getting the more attempts on net. He's getting the better chances on net, and it's the better chances like compared acro- compared to the other the rest of the SHL. 24th in the league. Incredible. Um Goes on to say, uh, in all situation, Casper's 10 points are tied for third on the team. Uh, more impressive is that all but one are primary points. Um, can I, can I say something? Let's take a pause here. Primary assists. I think Max touched on it. I'm glad that there's like a movement to like, get more excited about secondary assists or at least to not poo poo the secondary assists. I
1: don't know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm glad he brought that up. Cause that, uh, the one thing I wanted to tell Max, I, I thought this joke would get a pop, was just that, like, Matta could be, uh, he, like, he, he's he's the embodiment of, like, an NHL player highlight being, like, Lord of the Rings. And how, like, with the whole marketing thing, how tough it is, you know, because all ESPN wants to do is show you, like, the ring falling into the volcano. Mm-hmm. But it's like we've got nine hours of movie, you know, to get to that point. And it's like Mata is those nine hours. So he's, he didn't actually throw the ring in the volcano. Uh, but he definitely helped, you know, like get the ents in order and summon some moths, you know, to turn into eagles. So he's uh, a vital part of getting that ring into the mountain.
0: Um,. Another guy everybody wants to uh, to talk about, too. Russian boy wonder, uh, is how Ketzel put it. But uh, it's uh, Dmitry. I'm going to give it a shot here. Bushilnikov? Bush, Bushilnikov? How do you guys like that one? Uh, he is five ten, 163 pounds. Clearly not quite at the weight we want him to be at. Uh, he's 19 right now. Uh, drafted second round on uh, number 52 overall, if you guys don't remember in 2022 uh and then ep just says speedy winger ability to bounce off his line my it's uh flashy offense first player now in the khl so far this season one goal in eight games um vhl mhl can i claim to know exactly how to rank those two leagues i'm gonna tell you guys i don't know i am ignorant of what uh those two are but uh Seven points in six games, and then we have uh, two games played in the MHL, uh, four goals and four assists. So I'm assuming uh, that's got to be the easiest one, right? <laughs> eight eight points in two games in the MHL. Um, yeah, just just another boy to get excited about if you guys aren't uh, keeping track. I, I got to imagine playing in the KHL. These Russian contracts are... I don't know. It just seems to be really difficult to deal with, like, reasons why, uh, like, Mitchkoff for the 2023 draft is like, yes, he will be the second best guy available. Do you draft him because you got to wait, like, four or five years before he's on your team? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I wanted to have that conversation with Max, too, damn it. Um, We're definitely going to have to have Max on again. All right. But, guys, we've been talking for a while. Uh, we do have to wrap up. It's, this didn't feel like uh, we were at an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, but we missed you guys last week, so I feel like um, we gave you a little extra content here. Um, but, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will be watching with you guys tomorrow. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm trying to keep up again with the Red Wings games and posting some highlights. Uh, love the conversation we're all having on there. Um, and, yeah, I think I think ultimately... Like to sum up uh, today, first of all, thank you again so much to Max Boltman for taking the time because this is like I mentioned, he was he's he's got his his nine. I don't know. It's nine to five. Do you, is that what you call it when you're a writer? Because um, he's also working every game and working till like two in the morning to finish. Yeah, articles. But it's, uh, you know, it's like <laughs> nine
1: p.m. to five a.m. When you yeah. get the
0: articles out so that they can be clicked on uh, when people wake up at eight in the morning. So um, where was I? Oh my God! So yeah, thanks, Max. Um, and then uh, this was kind of negative to start, but I I hoped that it was sort of therapeutic for us to kind of get some of that frustration out. And uh, we will we'll see you guys next week. Oh, and we have the two fun games coming up celebrating '97, '98 Stanley Cup oh, championship. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and if you're yeah, going,
1: people cannot stop warning you enough. Like, be there early. Festivities will start yeah, at 10 six. Ken Cal
0: tweeted again, and then of course uh Daniela put that out it. there too yeah yeah, we gotta get Daniela on the show, honestly. she would be so much fun. I love Max. I shouldn't say that. Max is amazing. That was so much fun to have him on the show. um now I'm just like in hype mode. I want to get more people. but thanks for coming in guys if you guys want to hit that like button for us uh you know, subscribe rate and review on the uh, on ye old uh podcast wherever you guys are listening to us does us uh world, world of good, good. Yeah. and um yeah, we'll see you guys uh we'll see you guys next week. On the flippity flip. God damn. All right. You know what? I'm deleting this. Let's read let's re-record. I'm gonna call Max up. <laughs>